It's a grey, rainy morning in Tawang, on the northeastern fringe of India. The clouds have settled on the mountain slopes, but rain or no rain, math class must go on. A little boy with Harry Potter glasses, bored with odd and even numbers, looks out at the courtyard and flashes me a cheeky grin and holds his fingers up in a V sign. His friends giggle. This is no ordinary school. This is a 17th century Buddhist monastery, the largest outside Lhasa, with a wall that extends over 900 feet. And these kids, in their maroon robes, might one day become monks. This is Sandeep Roy in Tawang. India is the birthplace of Buddhism as a religion, but it's often easy to forget that. According to the last census, almost 80% of the country is Hindu, followed by Muslims at 14%, Buddhists are just 0.7%. But here in Tawang, 10,000 feet above sea level, Buddhism is everywhere. A large prayer wheel turns slowly at a crossroad, creaking as cars and bikes trundle past. Monks in maroon robes sit and drink yak butter tea at a dumpling shop. A procession of monks and women with white silk scarves go down the street clanging cymbals and banging drums while bystanders kneel for blessings. In some ways, though this is India, it is umbilically joined to Tibet for centuries. Tawang is the birthplace of the sixth Dalai Lama, born in 1683. An unusual man who shocked other monks by growing his hair long, writing poetry, and hanging out at night in the drinking taverns of Lhasa rather than the palace. Now multicolored prayer flags flutter at a quiet little Buddhist stupa for him, while cows low in the distance and birds chirp. A monk lights oil lamps while shuffling women murmur prayers as they spin a row of heavy metal prayer wheels. Two tall trees guard his birthplace, their trunks joined together. The story goes that when the sixth Dalai Lama left Tawang, he planted his walking stick in the ground and prophesied that trees would grow from it and fuse together. Three trees grew, but in 1959, one tree was knocked down in a storm. People thought of it as an ill omen. Indeed, a few days later, His Holiness the 14th Dalai Lama appeared on the roads of Tawang. He had just fled from Lhasa as the Chinese army moved in. The Tawang Monastery has a black and white photograph of the Dalai Lama from that time. Thin, bespectacled, walking down the mountain path, dressed as a layperson, beginning his new life as a refugee. In the USA, when we think of the Dalai Lama, we think of a touchy-feely, almost non-denominational peace and love Buddhism. But the Buddhism here is old school, still steeped in esoteric rituals with fierce masks. At the monastery, a monk shows a group of tourists around a little museum. There's an 18th century human skull covered with snake skin used in ceremonies, a 7th century long sword used in battle, and a 15th century gold scepter 
that monks used to show power. The guide talks about rituals of life and death to a group of wide-eyed tourists. An 18-foot gilded statue of the Buddha sits in lotus position on the main hall, which smells of buttery lamps. Monks unroll huge tanka paintings from the balcony, while other novice monks crouch in the corners, surreptitiously playing on their phones. And yet others test the mics, getting ready for some event. Even though this is India, this feels like a world apart for many Indians. The coffee shop has a faded picture of the Potala Palace from Lhasa on its signboard. At a school in Bomdila, another small town nearby, Tibetan prayers ring out over the loudspeaker. At the local all-women's market, a rosy-cheeked woman sells churpi, hard little cubes of yak cheese that you can suck on for hours, and dried mushrooms and strips of dehydrated yak meat. She gives me cooking tips. But you won't get yak meat at a local restaurant. Animal slaughter is forbidden in the state because of Buddhism. All meat gets shipped in from the neighboring states. That's why what little yak meat there is, is expensive, she says. We decide not to bring back a packet of yak meat, but we do bring the churpi cheese. It is as hard as a rock. And I suck on one cube for 10 minutes, trying to extract some flavor and then give up. Perhaps it'll be tastier in its next incarnation. This is Sandeep Roy in Tawang for KELW.